also it was the first rain of the season last night. If you weren't up, you probably saw today. It feels like a lovely blessing. Um, one of the descriptions of loving kindness, the traditional descriptions of loving kindness, is like it's said that it's like a rain that just gently rains and nourishes everywhere without discrimination. So I thought about RAIN and then I thought about another acronym because Pascal gave us KCKC. And so there's another one called RAIN, R-A-I-N. And it's recognition, inquiry, acceptance, inquiry and non-attachment. And so I wanted to talk a little about that first um, recognition and how beautiful that quality is that it really sees the characteristics, the functions, the expression of whatever is in our mind. And it reminds me of um, one of the traditional similes of mindfulness that I read when I was at the Buddhist um, uh, um, study center in uh, Massachusetts. I can't remember who said it, but they said mindfulness is like a gatekeeper. And whoever comes in through the castle, the author used the image of castle, that gatekeeper sees who it is. I prefer um, being a host for a party, you know, and <laughs> and um, and so traditionally in England anyway, I don't think it happens so much here, but traditionally in England the host is at the door and whoever comes through the door you see and you're like, hi. And you know when a friend comes in through the door to the party, it's not like you just see the general them. You're like, oh, like what are you wearing? And, you know, what mood are you in? And so you're really seeing who is at the door and what they bring. And there's this beautiful poem um, that... um, Oh, I'll go to that in a minute. So... Recognition is like mindfulness in that it doesn't, we talked, I talked about a boomerang, it doesn't just look at the experiential object and boomerang off. It's actually the equivalent, and this is another traditional description, of a pebble dropping down in a lake and dropping, dropping, dropping to the bottom. That our awareness or recognition drops into the experience so that we see and know the whole experience. So it's this beautiful quality because it's in that seeing and dropping and knowing that we come into what the word intimacy describes. I feel intimate, you know, that opening and dropping in to what it is, and then there's the sense of I'm in an intimate connection with life. So recognizing, and of course that's just another way of talking about one of the aspects of awareness and presence, to recognize, to be here. And then 
Just to say that um, again in another way, picking up a theme that I've mentioned before, that we have all experienced, and I was in a mosaic class, and I um, I was an introductory mosaic class at the Sharon Arts Center. It's this wonderful place where you go to classes and it's quite cheap. And um, there were all these... Um, mosaics and uh, that the teacher brought and there were sort of lots of pretty little flowers and beads and and so people were making pretty sorts of vases and things and I made this wild scrawny frog not even in water but in a kind of uh, abstract background and the teacher would go around to all the students and oh very nice very nice and I know she wasn't aware of it. Totally pass over my mosaic, you know? No recognition at all. No presence at all. So, I mean, I actually loved my frog. So, (laughs) it didn't make a difference in terms of doing the work. But I felt the emptiness of it. I felt that, that it was the opposite of that intimacy, that connection. And I know we all feel that emptiness when we're not in a relationship of recognition, of presence, of knowing deeply and intimately. So just another acknowledgement of why we're here and that calling to be present. So recognition. And then acceptance is... um, this uh, really incredible gift that we're cultivating for ourselves, which is that openness to let whoever is at the door in. Oh, my good friend Jasmine. Yes, come on in. I haven't seen you in ages. I love you. Oh, restlessness. Oh, yeah, also a good friend. I've known you very well. You know, welcome in. Can I sense your energy? Can I, can I recognize it and become intimate with it? That, that um, kind of high, intense, unfocused, scattered energy, right? Restlessness, where you feel like you're jumping out of your skin. So, aha, this is what you look like. This is the dress you're wearing. <laughs> this is how it feels when you come into my house. This is how Rumi talks about it. This being human is a guest house. Every morning, a new arrival, a joy, a depression, a meanness. Some momentary awareness comes as an unexpected visitor. Welcome and entertain them all even if there are a crowd of sorrows who violently sweep your house empty of its furniture, still, treat each guest honorably. They may be clearing you out for some new delight. The dark thought, the shame, the malice. Meet them at the door laughing and invite them in. Be grateful for whoever comes, because each has been sent as a guide from beyond. So this beautiful quality of acceptance and 
as, as part of this field then, that recognition, that acceptance, comes I for inquiry. So now how is it? You know, can I actually know more deeply after that first recognition what this experience is? Can I see more deeply its qualities? And one of the things that we begin to see about that is that it is actually part of nature. It is something just just like every human being has a skin. And so in a way we can't take skin to be ours, like, is this really mine? It's skin, you know? Or is if we go outside and into these hills, there are trees and there's the grass that's kind of the skin of the earth. We don't take it as ours. So we come to see that last part of rain, non-attachment, that actually everything has its own life and there actually isn't in reality, any owner in that true reality. So then that true reality is calling us to explore some of the places where we fall into ownership. And I'm going to talk more about that tomorrow. But for now, to invite that environment of Am I owning this? Am I identifying with it? Am I believing its storyline? There are five particular qualities that the Buddha talks about as a veil to this deep freedom or illuminated heart of non-ownership. And he calls them the hindrances. I like Rumi's um, naming of the guests as as uh, the hindrances as guests, because they really are guests. They aren't intrinsic to our being. And the Buddha is very specific. He says there's a path, and then he says there are these five veils that cover the path, and that in that covering we often get lost. And that the five veils are desire, aversion, restlessness and anxiety, sloth and torpor and doubt. And so we can actually apply rain to them. Just to sort of initially um, describe the dress code of each of these guests. So when desire is in consciousness, the perception, how we see when we're in desire is skewed. So just to say that the these particular five guests always skew our perception so that our perception isn't true. Desire skews it in a way that makes us see only what's positive and desirable about something. So um, there's a, a traditional description, thinking about parties again, I love parties, is um, if you have the three, if you have three different personality types going to a party, one of them being desire, desire will go into the party and say, oh, wow, great, you know, there's 
pumpkin pie and there's gravy and turkey and it's just all my favorite food and there's all these cool people and everything is is positive and so the mind moves towards towards all that's pleasant have you seen that happen and and you and we're like wanting to grab onto it because it's so pleasant you know and i have some um friends who are the desiring type and they are always busy so she a friend will call me up and she'll say oh okay so you know we have a date and you know what I know we said we'll go and see a movie, but there's this great music on the club afterwards, and maybe we could get a bite to eat first. And that's desire. It's like just moving, moving, moving towards what is pleasant. And it's sticky. So the um, traditional texts talk about it. It's a very funny description as what happens when you fry meat on a very high flame and how it gets stuck to the pan. That's the simile they use. So it gets stuck. So that's what happens in our minds. We get stuck. So just to recognize that impersonal force, and this is how this, is how this guest expresses itself. And then the other side is aversion, just the opposite. It only sees what's unpleasant. So... I happen to be an aversive type. If you, if I go to a movie with you and you and you say to me, "Well, how was it?" I can give you ten things that were wrong with it immediately. You know, so that's just how my mind works. It always goes to what's wrong with something. So it pushes away things. So um, not liking, pushing away. Um, and and it's a very contracted experience, pushing away and shutting down. So aversive, the aversive guest comes into your party and like, I can't believe you're serving this food and it isn't even Thanksgiving. And how come you invited Mary and Sam to the party? Don't you know I hate them? And and so you can. That's what aversive does. So that's the other side, either moving towards the pleasant or not wanting what the experience is. And they both really separate us. They veil. They veil that intimacy, that deep connection we're yearning for. And then restlessness is this experience of just this, this unfocused movement of energy into all kinds of different directions at the same time. And then sloth and torpor is the opposite, the heaviness and the sleepiness of the mind. And then the last one is doubt, which is the quality that questions and doesn't give us the chance to actually experience what it is we're experiencing so that we can discern for ourselves if something is true or not. It takes us out and stops um, being able to deepen in and experience something. So the traditional, I mean, the tradition. There's a traditional antidote, antidote which is rain to recognize, accept, inquire, and invite non-attachment. Specifically for desire, the invitation is to balance that perception by seeing what the unbeautiful qualities are. So when you, you know, when you look at a chocolate cake, very desirable. You can also think, wow, the last time I ate chocolate cake, I kind of felt sick afterwards. You know, so you look at 
the undesirable qualities of it. Aversion, the antidote is loving kindness. It's seeing what's positive in something and offering, opening the heart to it in well-wishing. And restlessness, it's focusing, bringing the mind into a focus with one object. So bringing it into the breath, the body are very safe ways to work with restlessness and anxiety. And doubt, it's said to offer yourself the capacity to experience, in this case, the path. Um, And if that isn't true, to speak with a wise elder. Specifically, one of the most important aids that's um, helped me in uh, working with the hindrances has been to realize that it isn't about the object, it's about my mind. So when I'm desiring something, it's not really that this person is so gorgeous. It's actually my mind. It's kind of amazing, isn't it? But that's the reality. And, and if we're like really hating someone and we think, well, of course I hate this person or if I'm irritated or angry because they, it actually has to do with our minds. And it's the same with all the hindrances. And just to detach that, to bring that projection back in, enables us to relate to the experience. As long as we're projecting it outside, we've actually lost our agency. We've disempowered ourselves. And so it's that movement to bring it back and to say, oh wow, this is my mind. Can I relate to this guest house? Can I, this guest, can I recognize it, inquire into it, allow it, accept it, and see it as part of life without owning it? So let's let's um, come into um, checking um, uh, uh, checking this out. Oh, uh, thank you. I forgot to talk about the classic antidote to sloth and torpor, mostly because I hardly ever experience it. I'm the restless anxiety, <laughs> nervous type. <laughs> but, uh, so <laughs> thank you for that. So the classic um, antidote to sloth and torpor is um, to bring energy into the mind, and there are a couple of ways to do that. Um, open your eyes, open the eyes. The second one is to invite the mind to work harder. So, to, for example, to go to different points when you're, if you're working with the breath, like um, breathing in as, as, you, as the breath ends of that in-breath, go to a touch point in the body, like the buttocks and knees. Catching the out-breath, go to another touch point, like the feet or the heads, or the ears, or the hands. So you're making your body work harder, and you can actually label it as another way to bring energy into the mind. So breathing in, knees, feet, breathing out, head, hands, buttocks, 
you can take one, two, or three different touch points depending on which parts of your body are most accessible. So standing, keeping your um, eyes open, increasing the amount of things that you want to be um, mindful of. And um, another antidote is when you have your eyes open to look towards the light. And um, the Buddha says that when you're feeling sloth and torpor, um, that kind of heaviness and sleepiness, actually, unless mindfulness is very strong, don't take it as your focus because you'll just get sleepier. Like when you notice it, open the eyes or make the mind work harder. Stand up, look towards the light. Um, Stand on one leg. (laughs) Keep, Keep us awake. Thank you. See what your intention is, how you would like to meet yourself in this moment. Our intentions set our path. And as you do see, if you would like to open the space for this energy, giving space for presence or kindness, feeling their energies, how they live in the body. And then in this field, see how your breath is living. Allowing each in-breath also to be a guest, entering in. Each breath a different guest. We recognize their unique qualities or dress or clothes. Welcoming them in. We're right here to welcome them.
a long guest or a short one, a tight or an open one. Just like nature, Recognizing other guests that might arise or enter into this guest house. Sharp shooting, what we describe as or name as pain, hot or cold. The guest of wanting or not wanting. Recognizing each arising at the door.
recognizing, allowing, inquiring, non-attachment.
giving the gift of presence and recognition. As we come to the end of this period, see if you would like to appreciate your efforts. The remembering, the presence and recognition, the effort that you made, your patience, perseverance, or any of the other qualities that you called into being. Seeing the goodness of your practice and recognizing it, appreciating 
that presence. Thank you. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.